Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. Happy Wednesday to you. Interesting show today. We're going to talk to Blake Lawrence. Now, Blake is the CEO of a company called Open Doors. He's also a former Nebraska linebacker. And his company put out a list earlier this week that, that had people kind of confused and buzzing. And it was just very interesting. And the, and the list that they put out was before the Elite Eight games started in the men's and the women's basketball tournaments, the 10 players remaining on the Elite Eight teams with the largest social media followings who would then thereby be likely to make the most money once athletes are allowed to make money using their name, image, and likeness rights. That's a, those are rules that are going to change this year, uh, whether the schools or NCAA want to or not, because the states have decided that's what's going to happen. So they'll be able to make money next year. I think everybody is assuming you know, somebody's going to get like a car commercial or a car dealership commercial or a tractor dealership commercial or something like that. Uh, that is probably not how most athletes will make money. Uh, and, and the ones who do, it will be based on how many people are in your audience, who, who follows you on Instagram, on TikTok, uh, on YouTube, if you have a YouTube channel, uh, on Twitter. It's, that's where it's based. That's where this economy is based. Blake can explain this better than anybody else because his company basically pioneered how businesses and professional athletes connect over social media for social media advertising. So it's really interesting because they've got a bunch of data about how much this stuff is worth and, and how much these deals are worth. And uh, the, the most followed player still remaining and, and her team didn't lose in the Elite Eight. So she is still playing. Paige Becker's from UConn. She's a freshman. You know, freshman phenom. Remember, was on the cover of Slam Magazine while she was still in high school. She's got a social media following over 730,000 people. And Open Doors estimates that she could make $382,000 a year. And remember, they did not pull that dollar figure out of thin air. They have years worth of data, which is, is really interesting because you think, okay, well, wouldn't one of the men's basketball players, because they're, they tend to have more exposure in the tournament, the men's tournament gets higher ratings, would they be worth more? But really, it's about your audience. The first, first guy you come to is Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga. He's got 325,000 followers. And as befitting a guy who's probably a top five NBA pick who would have been a five-star quarterback recruit, uh, he's, he's a big-time big guy. And, but, you know, less than half of what Paige has. And eight of the top 10 are women. And I think that's one of the more interesting things about this NIL stuff is we assume it's going to be the quarterback at Clemson or the quarterback at Alabama who really rakes it in on these things. That may not be the case. It may be a soccer player or a gymnast, just somebody who knows how to build an audience. And I, I, it's fascinating. And I've been learning about this economy through my kids more than anything else because they like to watch a bunch of different YouTubers. And I'm watching this as an old man going, what, what is this? What are you doing? And then you find out that these people have millions of followers. They just turn on the monetization on YouTube. They get paid for the ads that run with their stuff and they're making buku money. So it's very interesting for those of us who come from a more traditional media background and those of us who are a little older who just aren't thinking this way. Blake is thinking this way and he's going to give us some insight into what things might look like. And in fact, uh, we'll talk about a situation that, that Blake and I talked about last fall 
Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback at Indiana. Remember when he reached out for the pylon on the two-point conversion against Penn State? Iconic moment. Photos of it were everywhere. T-shirts sprung up everywhere. Blake will walk us through how once the rules change, Michael Penix is going to be able to make bank on that. It's really interesting stuff. Here's my interview with Blake. Blake, everybody's talking about this chart that you guys have put out, and it's the athletes remaining in the Elite Eight. Now, we're recording this on a Monday. The Elite Eight games in the men's tournament haven't happened yet. They'll be over by the time this thing airs. But you had the remaining basketball players in the Elite Eight ranked by social media following potential or slash potential income when this NIL stuff starts. Mostly women. Paige Becker is at UConn, number one, mm-hmm. which is, uh, I think a lot of people were really surprised by that. And I, I saw immediately the, the, the response is, well, they wouldn't really make that money. You, and Paige Becker has 730,000 social media followers. And you predicted her income at, at 382,000 per year based on that. And it was, well, they're not going to make that much money. It, it's it's unfortunate, but there's going to be an entire re-education of the those that think they understand or have observed athlete endorsements and sports marketing in a regular world over the last I don't know fifty years, right? There's a re-education that that these aren't your granddaddy's endorsements, okay? Yeah, these are athletes building up an online audience, flipping the switch on YouTube monetization, and pulling in 10, 20 grand a month in passive advertising revenue. Right. There's just it. it, We have to re-equip or re-educate the the average sports fan and how athletes tomorrow are going to be making money is not the same way that they have in the past. Yeah, because people are thinking about the the Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, State Farm commercials. Correct. You're talking about it. Okay, so I'm I'm of the the olds generation and. Mm -hmm. So when my kids are on YouTube watching some guy screaming about Minecraft, I'm like, why the hell would you spend hours watching that? Correct. That guy's making a fortune. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what these, these student athletes that come from this whole generation where they are creators. I mean, they, they had a smartphone in their hands when, before they were 10 years old. And so they're used to recording videos. They're re- used to putting themselves out there. And those athletes, those individuals that just happen to be student athletes are in a position where they have the audience that uh, you can go and look at any of the creator economy and influencer economy. And these estimates aren't absurd. <laughs> it, I mean, you'll see at the individuals that have uh, less than a million followers on their social media channels pulling in a million dollars a year through uh, social media endorsements, promoting a, a, a business or entity on their Twitter page or Instagram, talking about YouTube or through subscription revenue, you know, th- um, getting Twitch subscribers or e-commerce or merchandise sales. I mean, it's just, it's a, a different world that most of the sports fans of today are not in that environment. They've never watched a Twitch stream and tipped somebody. They've never gone yeah. and bought a shirt from a, a creator they like. That doesn't make sense in their head, but it's coming. And, and this is how student athletes are going to be making money in the NIL era of college sports. Yeah, it's it's amazing because we we get so trapped in that conventional thinking. And I, I remember you know having conversations on the radio a few years ago where we we were trying to figure out who like who who in college sports would even merit what we would consider a conventional national advertising campaign. And the numbers actually, I think it's pretty small mm-hmm. over the last twenty years. Zion Williamson for sure, maybe Tim Tebow 
maybe Johnny Manziel, but it's hard because when once you get like Tua Tungavailoa was the most popular college football player a year ago. Trevor Lawrence was the most popular one this past year. But when you get into that space, you're competing against Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, but you're also competing against TV stars and movie stars Correct. and all that. But you are probably quite a bit more famous than these Instagram influencers and YouTubers who are making money already. Right, right. And you have you have a platform and an entire community or entity surrounding you, right? So you look at um, Paige Buckers at UConn, right? UConn has an entire sponsorship sales and revenue department. They've got a hundred plus local businesses, some regional, some national that spend money every year to directly attract the attention of Connecticut Huskies fans, right? UConn Huskies fans. Correct. Paige Buckers is now an asset in their arsenal to reach those same fans. And fans are more engaged with athletes than they are with the teams and leagues in which they play for, right? So when you put the athlete as an asset for these advertisers, it is just a combination of the entire infrastructure is already in place for them, right? So unlike a creator or an influencer that just wants to go be a great uh, Twitch streamer or podcaster or YouTube star, there's no built-in infrastructure of advertisers that have already committed money to that market, right. but in college sports, there is, right? So if, yeah. you, if you just look at the economics of how dollars are spent in sports marketing and athlete marketing, uh, it's safe to say about 10% of the sponsored dollars, you know, that is currently going to the institutions would either be shifted to the student athletes or those sponsors would spend 10% more. Right. And it just, mm-hmm. all of it leads to a point where student athletes have a built-in network of support. And that's why some of these numbers I think are, are underestimated. And I can give you some examples of that in a bit as well. We'll be right back after these words. Yeah. Well, before that, I, I want to explain how you know this. And so mm-hmm. let's let's talk about your business open door. You're a former Nebraska player. Uh, you played football at Nebraska. You built this business from the ground up. And I guess I'll, I'll just let you kind of take it from there because I, I, I want to explain how you understand this economy so much better than, than other people. Yeah. Yeah. So 10 years ago in 2011, one of my best friends, Prince Amu Kamar, got drafted first round to the New York Giants. And he gave me a call. At the time, I was just a, a couple years removed from playing football in Nebraska, had started a social media agency. And he asked me three questions on this call that set us down the path to start Open Doors. The first question was, uh, you know, what is the value of my brand, right? So everyone said, hey, you're going to New York. You got 100,000 followers on Twitter now. Like, what is this worth? Like, what is my brand, right? And then he said, how do I grow that value? And then how do I monetize that value? And, and when I looked at it and understood that, what for me to have an impact and help Prince, I couldn't just be on the phone with him every day answering these questions. So we created a tool, a technology just for Prince that so he could understand what he's worth, right? He could get some help like photos and videos and content to grow his social media following. And then when a brand wanted to pay him, he get a text message to his phone and it say, hey, do you want a thousand dollars to tweet about a car dealership? Yes or no. And so we built it to make Prince's life I, easier. I want, I want text messages like that so badly. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. But you know, at the time, we didn't realize that you know this this whole industry of influencer marketing and creator economy was going through this uh, you know genesis. And you know, if you thought, okay, the way that athletes make money a decade from now will look considerably different than they did a decade ago, and it's all going to be technology driven. And so we started to lean into this tool that we built for Prince 
And a month after we launched Open Doors, we got a phone call from the NFL Players Association. And they asked if we could, uh, if they could use the tool for every NFL player and NFL sponsors and licensees. And so now uh, 35,000 athletes around the world use Open Doors every day. Our partners are the NFLPA, MLBPA, NDPA, NHLPA, PGA Tour, LPGA, Team USA. I mean, we, we provide technology to the athlete endorsement industry. And so when we're putting together an estimate of what someone's worth, it is like uh, a Zillow's estimate, right? We know how much right. the homes are selling for. And so if you put one home next to the other one, and this one sold for $500,000 last week, Zillow is pretty good at estimating what this one's going to cost. So when you look at estimates from open doors, we're just using 10 years of historical transaction data for actual athlete endorsements, right? And just comparing the stats, sitting them side by side and say, well, uh, just last week, uh, this athlete got paid $50,000 for an Instagram post. So let's look at this athlete. How do they compare? And then we can estimate what they would earn as well. It's, it, it is amazing. And, and people, I think another part that, that confuses people, and this is, this is me as well, I just assume you have to be the best player or, but it's really, you have to be the best person at building a brand. A hundred percent. Right. And, and I know this is Andy, I'm assuming you're doing video on this too, right? Uh, um, it, yeah. Or we can, we can turn it off if you want, but I don't know. It's fine. I'm just saying like, but I went and picked this up today and I'm showing you the, the New York times, Kurt Streeter, uh, buddy, you know, put an article out there about Hunter Woodhall. Do you know who Hunter Woodhall is? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's at track and field. He decided to walk away from uh, the NCAA and, and build his audience. And so w- what we did is we put together an estimate. You know, he's got 3.1 million followers across YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, all that. And we estimate his annual earning potential around $800,000 a year. And, right? and Hunter Woodhall, for those who don't know, is a double amputee runner Yep. Um, who, was, who was running for Arkansas. That's right. That's right. And so when the first time I explained to Curtis, so that I think Hunter could earn $800,000 a year, he goes, a men's track and field student athlete at Arkansas could make nearly a million dollars a year. He goes, I'll believe it when I see it. Then he talked to Hunter and Hunter said that he's already in the seven figures. <laughs> okay. Wow. Right? So you understand what I'm saying is that there is um, these hidden gems of student athletes that are already this one click away from, from truly making life changing money at this point in their life. Now, the majority of student athletes won't make life-changing money, but those that are creators, that are influencers, uh, you know, you're a a bench player that's good at TikTok is going to be better than your all-American athlete if that athlete doesn't lean into actually building an audience, right? Well, Uh, I think about Mark Titus, who, you know, he works for Fox now. He does podcasts. He, you know, he was writing during his time as a walk-on at Ohio State, Mark Titus would have been, been making more money than Mike Conley or Greg Oden, his teammates at Ohio State during that time. <laughs> well, especially when you tie it to name, image, and likeness value, right? And activities. And the, the best way to quantify anyone on the planet's name, image, likeness value right now, fortunately or unfortunately, is their social media audience, right? And I mean, there are people that have tremendous brands and brand value and it, but the best way to actually compare or contrast or feel like, do they really have it is to see what they're doing online. Right. And if fans are hitting follow and where, where they follow the dollars are going to go. Right. And, and that's, what's so interesting about this new world of athlete endorsements and athlete marketing. 
Well, and, and I thought it was really interesting, the list that, that you guys put out this week. So the second male on the list is Adrian Nunez from Michigan at number seven. The, the first male is Jalen Suggs at Gonzaga. And, and that's an obvious one. Jalen Suggs is going to be probably a top five NBA draft pick. Uh, Would have been a four or five star quarterback prospect had he decided to play. He might be playing, you know, if, if he'd chosen football, he might be competing for the starting job at Ohio State right now as the quarterback. So that one makes sense. The Adrian Nunez one does not make Adrian Nunez is a he plays like three minutes a game, but you go to his Instagram and he's got 81,000 Instagram followers. Now you start to wonder why, why does he have 81,000? And you notice some of the pictures are him and his girlfriend. And you say, okay, so who's his girlfriend? His girlfriend is named Carson Roney. Carson Roney has, I believe, 180,000 Instagram followers. Well, here's the crazy part. Carson Roney is also a college athlete. She plays basketball at a school called Shawnee State. And she's worth more than probably the <laughs> most of the best men's players right. in America. Yeah. And, and again, it's just, uh, it's a, we have to re-educate the average sports fan on how athletes are monetizing their value. And it's, it is online and it's, probably so out of touch with what you expect to see. Cause it's not going to be on your television. Like you are, you're not going to see Olivia Dunn, a women's gymnast on your television mm-hmm. screen selling you McDonald's. Okay. You maybe never I, see her. I, I would love to see any college athlete, whatever. I, I don't even know which insurance company it is that is ruining that pet shop boys song for me. Uh-huh. Cause I love that. So opportunities, let's make lots of money, which by the way is a perfect theme for this podcast. If we can yep. clear the song, uh, <laughs> but they're killing my love for that song with that, that commercial over and over. I need a college athlete in that spot right now. That's right. That's right. So how about this? Let me, let me just throw some out there. Like, do you know uh, who Madial Niang is? This I do is, not. I hope not. Uh, all right, so Madial, he's a, he's a six foot nine forward, plays for Florida Atlantic, FAU, F, you know, and, and plays basketball. And yep. he has a larger online following than uh, than Tagavoiloa, to his little brother, right? Natalia, uh, yep, yeah, yep, yep. And then DJ from Clemson, the quarterback. You got to say his last name. Oh, DJ Uiungalale. Yes, yeah, of course, right, of course, right. But Madial, if you talk to him, you say, hey, man. Yeah, he's he's a decent player. He's plays for Florida Atlantic, um, you know, basketball team, but he's from Senegal. Okay, and what he did when he was in high school in Senegal is he started an Instagram page, which was a meme page, right? Where you just go find the funny stuff on the internet, post it, and he built up a hundred thousand plus so, followers. So you're saying he's he's the Rex Chapman of Senegal? He's the Rex Chapman of Senegal. Not, not the a, basketball, not because yeah. of his basketball ability, but I mean, or Rex's a, basketball ability. It's so interesting because we're <laughs> attention, right, is going to lead to uh, audience and monetization for these student athletes. And so however or why ever or wherever they get that attention, it's going to turn into dollars. And they've got tools that are at their disposal. They don't need an agent to make money, right? Mm-hmm. They need a YouTube channel. And I think that's going to be the difference in, in uh, again, the future of this sport. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Well, and you and I talked about this last fall because you you work with quite a few schools and you also are, are you know, you've got a, a product that you market to businesses that are looking to connect yeah. with people to, 
to so we talked about the Michael Penix Jr. play in the right. Indiana Penn State game. This is the the two point conversion where he reaches out and touches the pylon. It it, it launched a million memes, and we right. talked about how Michael Penix could have been making money off that thing the next day if the rules that are about to be in effect were in effect then. Mm-hmm. So how how would that work? Like let's say you're Michael Penix. You've just scored that two-point conversion. You win the game. Yay. And you go to the locker room and you celebrate and you get dressed and you turn on your phone. What are you going to see? Well, I would liken it to any listener that's ever, uh, you know, if you use LinkedIn, right? Let's say LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you just, you have the best business day of your life. Okay. I mean, everybody in the world just saw you close the best deal of all time. You're the up and coming guy and you turn on your LinkedIn and you have, inbound offers, job offers, boom. I want to pay you to do this. I want to pay you to do this. Like how good would that feel? Right. And so when you think about that experience of, uh, you know, you first, for you to actually have that opportunity, you have to have a LinkedIn profile, right? So these athletes right now are going to go through this phase where they're going to say, here's my shop. Here's where you can get a, you know, a hold of me. Here's how you can buy things from me. So assume that Penix, uh, you know, this fall, same situation type happens he's going to have a profile somewhere where every business owner that says, Hey, I want to license your name, image, likeness. I want you to talk about my local business. I want you to do an appearance here. I want you to sign an autograph here. Can you do a video shout out for my kid? They have to go somewhere. Right. And so imagine that you go to Penix and he's got a profile on a, a site. Okay. Imagine whatever site it is. Um, mm-hmm. And you go and you say, well, buy, uh, purchase book, right? RSVP, whatever it is. And then he just like anyone that just had a great day at the office, getting a lot of job offers or messages on their LinkedIn profile. He's getting the same thing straight to his phone, except for it's got dollars attached to it. Hey, here's a thousand dollar deal to do an appearance. We'll pay you 10 grand for your NIL for this shirt. Right. Um, and he's just going, yes, 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 yes. No agent, no manager, no market rep, no publicist, but like an entirely online transaction that starts from the moment the, the, play of the day happens, you know, that student athlete for the next week has earning potential that they may not have for the rest of their life. Right. So somebody has got to help them capitalize on it quickly. That's it is, it is amazing. And and this is all sprung up really in, in what the last 10 years, this, this economy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, that, and the, the creator economy and the influencer economy is just individuals monetizing their audience online uh, is a foreign concept to some but to an entire generation, it is their livelihood, it is their expected income, right? And so it's going to be, um, again, a new world for most sports fans to get used to. Well, we, we will get used to it. I am going to uh, stop doing this and become just a professional YouTuber. Uh, I'm working on Minecraft, maybe play some Call of Duty. Uh, there, there has to be a market for me somewhere in there. Uh, yeah. but, but Blake, thank, thank you so much for, for helping us learn about this because this is, this is very foreign concept. I mean, I feel like I'm a very online person, yeah. but until I started talking to, to guys like you about a year ago, I didn't really have a, you know, an understanding of this at all. Yeah. I think that if you pick any industry and you, you look, you look hard, you'll find that the people with all the attention, like there's usually a, a small group and they're very, very good at using online tools to capture your attention, right? And those people are doing it, uh, one, to educate and equip the market with you know, something about them or helping everyone else, but they're also, they're making money. They really are. They're finding ways to turn that into dollars. Uh, and in the world of college sports, 
the most influential people have not been able to do so, right? But it's not because they don't know how or the tools aren't available. It's simply because the legislation doesn't allow them. Once the legislation change, changes, there's going to be an economy that is, uh, we believe, a, a billion dollars plus a year that's going to flow into the pockets of student athletes through new world uh, athlete endorsement deals. Again, monetizing online. You've got the brains. They've got the brawn. Let's make lots of money. Yeah, Thanks, well, we Mike. Got to help them out, Andy. Appreciate it.